Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we have Philip Vincent with us from Mom's House. This is going to be an episode about senior living. Love jumping into these niche uh, niche strategies in real estate, and Vincent is an expert in the niche, and so I am super excited to have him here. Uh, Philip, thank you very much for hopping on the show. My pleasure. I'm happy to be here. You know, you, you, everyone listening right now is like, senior living. I thought we we're going to talk about real estate. <laughs> and so we are. We're going to talk about real estate, guys. And we're going to talk about where I found in my 25 years where the best real estate single family home seller leads have come from is from this one source. So happy to be here. Happy to share a lot of knowledge with you guys today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, I mean, I'm super excited to learn about it. Um, they always talk about the the silver tsunami, about yeah. how all of the the you know the baby boomers are getting to the point where they need um, assisted living, all those different types of uh, of senior housing. And so, you're the man to talk to. Um, I told you before we got on here, though, we like to start with stories. We like to hear how people got to where they are. So, why don't you take us to the beginning of your story? How'd you get started in real estate? Yeah, so I was 20 years old, and my cousin was telling me a story about a home builder. Uh, that was going to buy a lot for 300000 He was going to put 700000 in the house. He was going to be all in for a million. He was going to sell it for 1.4. And my cousin is a framer. He's a, he's a framer for these high-end builders. And the story went, the neighbor across the street listed their old house for 1.4. And the builder said, well, dang, if that thing's worth 1.4, my new house should be worth 1.8. So he put it on the market and he sold it for 1.8 in the first week. And my cousin, and I was 20 years old at the time, my cousin said, wouldn't you hate that? And I said, hate what? He goes, making $800,000. And I go, no, I go, that's exactly the kind of problem I'm looking for in this life. And so I actually started off doing this business backwards, Gabe. I, I started off in development and new construction, and I worked my way back today, which is a wholesaler. So a lot of people in this world, you know, it took me 25 years to get to where a lot of people start. Um, and the, the thing I always want to tell everyone is you got to really be conscientious of who you are as a person, what you like to do. Uh, my favorite thing is to be belly to belly with a seller, getting to know them, getting to know their life story. And I'm a, I'm a deal junkie. I love to buy a house. And the timeframes of new construction were a year to two years. Yeah. Where when you deal with a seller, especially when they have to move into senior living, like we'll talk about today, you know, I'll be meet him a couple times and I'll move on to the next one and I'll spend a couple hours and move on to the next one. I'm a deal junkie. So I like I like as many deals as possible. Nice. So uh, so you got started as a developer. That was the uh, that was the track you're on. I built my first house when I was 20. Nice. Wow. And I'm 45 now. And so um, I think just a few years ago, I realized I'm not a very good home builder. And it wasn't because of the quality of the product. It was that I didn't really like the process. I didn't like it. I I really I I really just wanted to pick out the colors. Getting permits. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, this is so silly. What am I doing? You know, and so building mom's house at a national level, I don't have time to be a builder. And I think I'm a curious person. I like to read a lot. You said the word silver tsunami earlier, which tells me either you're going through that with your family or you like to read a lot. And I think when you guys hear this today, it's gonna be like when they discovered peanut butter and chocolate and put it together, You're like, well, yeah, those two things are awesome together. <laughs> and senior living and real estate are that way. It's like uh, I use this analogy where the, the senior living industry is like a car dealership that doesn't buy the trade in. 
And so what would happen today if car dealers just stopped buying trades? Would people still buy new cars? Sure. Would it slow down the process immensely? Yes. And that's what this industry's done. In fact, they will spend millions of dollars a month to get people to bring their families in on tours. And they say, you know, what do we do with the house? What do we do with the stuff? They're like, go find a real estate agent and figure that out. Like pushing them out the door. And But hey, but when you figure that out, please come back and see us. Please come back and buy our housing after you figure out your housing. And so what Mom's House's mission is, is just to fix that, close that loop, be the home trading guarantee. You know, as real estate people, you know, there's 10 reasons why these are the best leads. I'd love to share those with you guys today. But when families are going through this, the number one thing you want with any seller is motivation. I don't have to convince these people of motivation at all. They have motivation at the highest level and they're raise their hand and say, Phil, I need your service. And if you guys take anything away from this today, this podcast, if you just start working with people that need your service, your whole life changes when you only focus on people that need your service versus trying to find needles in haystacks. Yep, absolutely. And on that note, take us to the needs specifically that you're talking about. I mean, senior housing obviously is super important, but what is what is it that Mom's House specializes in? What do you guys like? What kind of situations are you looking for? People who are in a big house and they need to downsize to a smaller one, or a house that has been retrofitted to fit someone who who has you know special needs, um, memory care, that kind of stuff. Great question, and I would say. Um, for any of my stats people or numbers people, people always say, Phil, what a great little niche you're in. And I'm like, wait till you hear the numbers. Uh, it's <laughs> seven out of 10 Americans over the age of 65 are going to live in some sort of assisted care before they pass away. And so what does mom's house do? We unlock the equity out of their forever home. We buy that home so they can move on to that next chapter of life, which is uh, predominantly assisted living and higher. And so at 55, you know, I'm 45 years old. So in 10 years, I could live in a 55 and up community, right? That's not my client. I'm talking about the 82 year old that's moving into assisted living, memory care, or what's called SNFs, uh, skilled nursing. And so those, that's kind of our bread and butter. And those people, you know, they only are going to live on a blended average around 28 months in those communities. Interesting. Be- okay. That's the average. And so we always hear about this transfer of wealth. And I, guys, I don't think anyone listening is going to get that wealth. I think it's going to be, your parents are going to sell that house because they're going to live longer because of modern medicine and the care is going to keep getting more expensive. That asset's going to be sold way before death. You know, we, we kind of say we are in the pre-probate world where we're that 28 months beforehand, that last final chapter, we buy their forever home. And here's why. The, the number one thing, thing the family needs is where will mom get the best care? That's mm-hmm. what anyone should care about. If me and you were brothers, that's the first thing we'd ask, well, where's mom going to get the best care? And very quickly, we'd be like, well, how the heck are we going to pay for it? And I'm going to go to Gabe, my more affluent brother, and say, hey, mom's pension's only 2200 a month. The place we picked out is 6000 a month. You're going to pay the difference, right, Gabe? And you're going to be like, yeah, for maybe a month or two. And then you're going to say immediately, I'm going to, we need to sell mom's house. <laughs> you're going to say it to me as the brother. You're like, I'll do this for like a month. But brother, you know, I can't do this all the time. And they're like, well, what do we do with the house? What do we do with the stuff? We're like, man what's that house is so full of stuff. What are we going to do? And sometimes the the last straw, a lot of times, you know, we're getting this bad news, news and waves, you know, dad passed away. I'm using stereotypes here. Dad passed away eight years ago. Mom's been doing the best she can. She just fell down again. She's going to have to have a hip surgery. She's going to live. She's going to go into uh, rehab for three weeks. And and that's when we find out the, the doctor says, Hey, sons, brothers, you and I, Mom can't move back home anymore. She has to move into care. We're like, what? And so like this 
we have to make a really hard decision really quickly. Is she going to live in Seattle? Is she going to live in St. Louis? Is she going to live where she lives? And what level of care does she need? We have no idea. We're, we're out here trying to get all this information. And of course, you know, the American way, do we pick out the cheapest place we can find? Do we pick out, it's our mom. We, we pick out the nicest place we can think we can afford. And very quickly we go, how are we going to pay for long-term care? How are we going to afford this? We need to sell that house. We, everyone thinks they should call a real estate agent. And when they do, the real estate agent walks in and says, clean this place out and do this list of rehab so we can get top dollar. And I love that word. No one wants to not get top dollar. We all, I want to get top dollar. You want to get top dollar. Everyone wants to get top dollar. The houses we're talking about though, guys, they've lived in this house 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years is common. I was with a guy, an 88-year-old the other day. He bought his house new in 1962 for $15,000. <laughs> that's crazy. And it was that's in good shape, it. right? I mean, it was in good shape. But that's the kind of person we're dealing with. I always say they've lived in these houses so long, Gabe, that mom got her new kitchen. She got her new kitchen in 1991 because she lived in it since the early 70s. And now that new kitchen is dated and needs to be replaced. Yeah, and now, that's Now they need a new one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> new, and so when that real estate agent shows up and says, clean this place out, that's a huge undertaking. It, just on its surface, you got to clean it out before you could ever rehab it, right? We would all agree. You can't rehab it until it's cleaned out. And then things like the cost versus value guide. If you guys don't know what that is, I'm glad you're listening today. I just changed your world. This for 20 plus years, the cost versus value guide will break down your specific metro area. It will tell you exactly what something costs versus what your value is you get back in the house. And very quickly, you realize uh, we should not be rehabbing anything. We're losing money on every item we do. In a time we need money, the last thing we want to do is throw good money after bad. And so mom's house was born out of all of that to say, if you want to net the same amount and do it in three or four weeks or you pick the date versus going that six month, eight month journey with question marks, that's what they're comparing their two options. Got you. Okay. So you guys really specialize in the transition between them going from their their current home to an assisted living. You guys, do you own assisted living housing? Do you own the, you know, the housing that they actually transition into? Or are you guys really just focused on that transition period? Just the transition period. So I work with thousands of communities nationwide. They trust us with their families because of our training. Um, but I do not own the bricks and sticks that they're moving into. I buy, I'm a house guys. This is the real estate investment club. I buy real estate, single family real estate. And this is the lead source that I found to be the best ever in single family real estate is the senior living industry. So I do not yep. own yep. the bricks that and sticks that they're landing in or moving into, but I, I buy the asset that they need to unlock that equity to move into care. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Um, so I, I thought, yeah, no, that, that, that reorients my, my question, my line of question here. So you guys are really, uh, you're focused in on a specific niche when it comes to people who want to sell their house. Um, and so in that, I mean, you're talking to people who are going through a transition period. I'm sure you're often talking to not the owner of the house, but their son, their daughter, whoever is, you know, dealing with their finances. How do you generally go about the, it, the negotiation it's a very it's a it's a difficult time for them um how do you go about landing on a price and getting them to see that this is the best decision for for their whole family i like to look at every transaction as if i was one of their brothers and i was sitting there with my family going what are our options and when you're sitting on the same side of the table with a family and you're exploring all of your options whether you sell it as is whether you go on the journey of rehabbing it whether you keep it as a rental you know they're, they're, everything's on the table right we're looking at this as a family I have found that families, 
you know, when they don't, the, the average kid lives 400 miles away, you know, so try to really? do a rehab. Yeah. Wait, oh, is that an actual statistic? It's 400, 400 miles. miles. No shit. That's crazy. Yeah. And so I don't want to rehab a house that's across St. Louis, let alone 400 miles. I couldn't imagine doing one in Cincinnati, <laughs> you know, and imagine a contractor. Do you think a contractor is going to give you a smoking deal knowing this will be the only time they're ever going to do a rehab for you? Of course not. They're going to kill you on the price. And so how do I go to daughter Judy? I say, I let them weigh their options on, you know, if the house was retail ready, they should retail sell it. Hmm. Yeah. I tell them that you pay this list. Let's list this house, right? Let's list it. That's the best thing we should do here. But a lot of times, so are, wait, are you guys also brokers? So you, if they do want to do that, you can list yeah. it on the MLS. Or I work with them. If, so, if somebody's in my program and they aren't a broker, that's fine. We just refer that out, mm-hmm. but giving them that free advice as to what's the best thing for them. Some of them, even people that have retail ready houses gave you to be surprised. They're like, I don't want to list it. Yeah. I don't want to just make me a fair offer here and I'll let you do that. Right. People are, they, they trade convenience for equity all the time, especially in this uh, people want to know, like when uh, they fly into town that weekend, because they have to find mom, the best care because mom's going to stay in the city. She's from, they need to fix all the problems and get back on the plane, go back to their lives as quickly as possible. And if you treat people with empathy, love, and kindness, the, the real estate is the secondary part. It's easy to buy the real estate when you can show them, Hey, here are your options. Here's what you're going to net if you do this. Here's what you could net if you do that. And then let them make a decision on their own. And you'll be surprised how often how many people will take my option because they're smart enough to do the math going, hold on. If I net the same amount and I have to do all this work, who in the heck wants to do all the work? No, no, you know, nobody wants to do that. Yeah. Um, So do you, when you guys are making these offers, are you, is it always cash out? Do you ever offer seller financing, any kind of, uh, you know, creative financing on the back end? Definitely. So what I've in my 25 years, I've grown into this creative finance monster. Like I left hundreds of deals on the tables, guys. I'm telling on myself right here. I've left hundreds and hundreds of deals on the table because I was 10 or 15 grand away from the seller. Mm, yeah. And I'm, I'm kicking myself going, dang, I was so dumb. You know, I could have paid him more and, 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 and did better. And so I think there's this hybrid world right now we're going into where people want to unlock their equity. They don't want to take 50, 60, 70 cents on the dollar. They want to get closer to retail but do they need all of that equity right now? So if we go to sell mom's house and my offer is 200 grand, you know, and you buy it at 70 cents on the dollar minus repairs, you know, I'm at, I'm at 140 before I even get in the car and go to their house. If it needs 30 grand worth of work, I'm at 110. Yeah. Well, there's a world now I can pay them 110 cash and finance 90 grand. They finance 90 grand. They become the bank on the second loan with me. And now I've paid them full price and they did none of the work. They paid none of the commissions that, you know, it's, it's really, in life, when you can find the true win-wins, and we get it that you know to a family that can, maybe can't go get a no, normal loan, and we sell that house to them on 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 terms, you know that I really think that's the future. And if you haven't embraced creative financing, um, you should. Yeah, it's powerful. No, yeah, I I I mean, even on the commercial side, we do um, seller financing. I think it is the the best win-win for everybody. Most of my deals that I've closed actually have been seller financing, just because. So, t- so many times the seller wants a price that obviously doesn't make sense, but I'm like, Hey man, if you give me terms, we can figure figure out ways that, uh, that we can make this work. So, and Gabe, with you focusing time. on commercial and focusing on storage, uh, what would you say your average seller age is? Um, surprisingly, well, probably in the sixties, I thought it was going to be higher, um, just because of so many mom yeah. and pops, but, um, I've had the the youngest one. He was 45 years old, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's going to be in the 60s, right? That's They're starting to think about retirement. Yeah. And a crazy stat that I heard the other day, um, which was just shocking to me, is that 
boomers own so many businesses, millions and millions of businesses. And 70, this was the crazy stat, 75% of them will not sell. They will not sell them. They will just simply shut them down and retire. Hmm. So the creative finance world for business owners over the age of 65 is not a, it's a trillion dollar opportunity, not a billion dollar opportunity. That's how big this is in our country. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we're here to talk about real estate, but I have, uh, I'm very interested in, in just that idea because I've, I recognize the opportunity that there are so many just regular businesses out there that it makes sense that once people get to the retirement age, they don't want to go through the whole sale process and they're, they're just ready to just shut the doors and, and end it. Um, but if you can come in there and offer them anything for their business, I'm sure they'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take a little bit of a, you know, a little lump sum payment at the end of my career here and, uh, and we can call it good. And for us, entrepreneurs, you're, you're getting rid of a ton of risk because they already have a book of business. They already have a track record. See, we're starting a whole new podcast, right? Creative finance. <laughs> when you get to right, my no, we're going room, back to real estate. We'll, so we'll do it. We'll start a new podcast later. <laughs> if you don't think there's opportunity everywhere, you're just not looking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on, uh, on mom's house, what is your guys's exit strategy there? Do you, it sounds like you do a lot of wholesaling. Do you do any buy and holds there or is it mostly just mostly wholesaling? The most fun thing about having a lead source exclusive to you is that every house, there's a butt for every saddle, I like to say. And so like in my own St. Louis market, I know by the zip code, I'm like, oh, well, that's going to be a rental. Oh, that's going to be a teardown. Oh, that's going to be a flip. You know, and so I don't get wound up over exit strategies. I do it all. Mm. Me personally, I have my own buy box. And anyone that wants to do what I do as become a senior transition specialist, you get to have your buy box. If you want to buy and hold, great. But what happens when you get that lead and it's a land deal and it's not yours or it's an apartment deal or it's a, a storage unit, right? We all have our buy boxes, but when you have a lead source, really what we are is it's, if you think about it, guys, there's that opportunity of they need to sell their assets at that moment. And then whatever that asset is, you get to pick and choose which ones you want to hold on to yeah. or keep for yourself. Yeah. And that was the, that was the thing that kind of caught me off guard when I first started doing, um, getting into real estate was once you start marketing to sellers, uh, kind of outside of the single family realm, but you know, into small multifamilies or any commercial, um, they're going to own a lot of other properties. And so you're probably going to, well, it's not like you won't, won't probably, but there is a good chance that you will have more than one deal come out of any deal that you close. Um, and I feel like that's something that we got to keep in mind. Well, even for single family, because people own multiple homes. And so um, when you're well, talking it, with some, yeah. someone, it's just there's an opportunity there that it could snowball into something bigger. Isn't that exciting, right? That To know it's just not that one deal. And, and that word reoccurring um, in the single family game is really, really hard to find. You do one direct mail piece, it's over. I always ask the scary stat, anyone listening out here that does direct response marketing, if you stopped your marketing today, how long would it be before no one ever called you back again? Yeah. And most people say a week, you know, and so if, you, if you're on that machine, you can never turn it off. And that's the scary part. And I think what's so fun about the senior living industry, guys, is that when you build the relationships with the right people the right way, I call it like an oil well. It continues to pump and pump and pump deals, families to me. Uh, I don't know the lifetime values of my relationships in senior living yet because I'm still doing deals with people that I met in 2011. Oh, wow. That's crazy. So super powerful. And, yeah. and that's the thing about, I want to flip everyone's brain. I'm looking for daughter Judy, that 65-year-old who's helping the 83-year-old mother. You can't buy a list of daughter Judys. And yeah. so in my, tr I wish you could, I'd be the first guy to buy it. They're the best leads ever. 
What I do is teach you how to go to the senior living industry, the right job titles who are dealing with daughter Judy every day. And now I become a resource for them. And they say, you got to talk to Philip. He's the one. Oh, you don't know what, how are you going to pay for this? Like if you're an executive director or a finance director at a community, you can't let a broke person into your community. You can't. So they do what's called discovery and they discover how you're going to pay. And they say, you know, the, the, the daughters in town are like, man, I got to get back to where I live and we're going to meet with a real estate agent. The one my sister met that one time, you know, it, it, you know, they're, they're figuring out how they're going to do this. And like, well, have you heard of mom's house? Have you heard of Philip here in town? He'll come out and make you an offer on it the way it sits. He'll even help you with the stuff. Give me his number. And, and when that, when that warm transfer of trust comes to me, guys, you could be halfway incompetent and still buy a lot of houses when there's that warm transfer of trust. Please, yeah. do, please be competent. Please don't be incompetent, especially <laughs> in some seniors. But the point is, is that they're the best leads I've ever found because they're motivated, uh, because they're houses I can add value to. There, there's less competition. Um, a warm referral. There's nothing better than a warm referral. Like they already know, like, and trust me because I'm coming from a real estate attorney or a senior living attorney. Uh, the so leads are that, free. Have I mentioned that these best leads have ever, they're free. That that's, uh, that was actually one of the questions that I was going to ask is how you generate these leads. I thought that you were doing direct marketing. So you're sending out mailers, but you're going out there to people who are interacting with seniors already. Um, attorneys, people at senior, senior care homes, yeah. Um, well, I guess that wouldn't make sense, but no, I, I am. So, so not the people that live there, but the people that, uh, run the community. So I'm in okay. their CRM. So I'm part of the, you got to dream big guys. I didn't dream this big when I set out to do this. I'm part of the senior living sales process. They click a button in their CRM and it pushes Bob Smith to me because mm. Bob Smith needs my service. So they raised their hand and said, Oh, I would love for to have this guy come out and make me an offer in their house. Interesting. Huh, and so for me, crazy. I have to be really cognizant of who I let into my program. This is perfect program for some of you. Right. <laughs> and then what's the difference? It's, it's you know, you have to love people and you have to love real estate, but you have to love people first. Yeah. And for some, especially men, we have a little less empathy in us organically. And so you have to learn how to um, learn the nature of senior living. That's what the, you know, we've got the certification program, right? That we're going to talk about today. It teaches you how to do this the right way. And it's not by showing up as an investor and it's not by showing up as a real estate agent. And you might go, oh crap, I'm both of those things. Cool. So am I, I'm an investor and I'm a real estate agent, but you show up as a senior transition specialist with the right wording. So you can get behind the curtain where the water's warm and I'll teach you how to build. I always say this jokingly. Um, there's one night stands and there's 50 year marriages. And I teach you how to build 50 year marriages in the senior living industry. Like, you know, a lot of real estate agents will hear about senior living. They'll show up at one networking event and do a card dump and be like, I senior living doesn't work. You're like, no, you didn't do it the right way. Real estate agent. You have to go build relationships. These people, what's cool about senior living is that they care a lot. And if you care a lot and have empathy and, and love real estate, a lot of people say, Phil, I've been waiting for a program like yours because I didn't want to do bandit signs. I didn't want to do cold calling. I didn't want to do text message blasting. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Neither I didn't either. And so I'm glad I found this as well. This was all out of this whole thing was born out of my curiosity and honestly my laziness. I hated working bad leads. So I keep always thinking if me and you were having a beer together right now, I'd be like, where's the best lead source? Let's talk about it. Like, what do we know? What's working for you? What's not? And I'm always that's how this whole thing was born is out of that curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. If you could cut out, um, you know, I, I swear it's like 95% of the leads that come into at least my business are yeah. not going to turn into anything. It's just those 5% that actually do. But if you could make, if you can change that ratio 
even a 50 50 that would just that would be so good it would uh cut down so much wasted time on both people's sides um so it sounds like you guys got really good lead source and that's really what it does come down to love to hear that i want to hear more about the certification program that you guys got going on but we're gonna first jump into the quick question round because it looks like we just cut down um or jumped into the the last five minutes here. So it's time it. to jump into the quick question around. It starts with books or any form of education. Give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom and one for real estate. General life wisdom and one for real estate. Um, one of my favorite books is a book called The Big Rich. And it's about how the oil industry has changed our country and how the discovery of it what it, how it formed our company or our company, our country. And uh, we are a company. We're just out of almost going out of business. Um, <laughs> but the oil industry and the wildcatters that it took to dig holes, knowing they would fail most of the time, you know, those huh. true entrepreneurs that it was feast or famine. And a lot of times it was feast. It's just a phenomenal book it's called the big rich. Um, and then from a, um, like a business perspective, uh, I've got to give a shout out to Alex Ramosi, the hundred million dollar offers. I mean, I've read it four or five times and, you know, I, I follow him on socials. You know, he's kind of, you know, he just, he brings it right. He brings it correct. And I agree with most of what he says. I don't have to agree with everything anybody says, but I agree with most of what he says. And I just like the way, I like the way he presents. So a hundred million dollar offers. He has a new book coming out uh, too. And so if you like Alex's first book, you'll like his new ones coming out too. Yeah, he's uh, I, I've seen him on some social stuff. He's pretty good. His, uh, <laughs> I think his, uh, um, his what he wears is always kind of funny, yeah. but, uh, he stands <laughs> but out. yeah, exactly. All right. That's cool. So the big rich, um, I just picked it up on Am- or looked it up on Amazon. It looks, that sounds like an interesting story. That's something I, I would jump into. Um, all right. Next question. This is for your younger self. So let's go back to the Philip who had no experience in real estate. He was just getting started. Um, he 20 year old Philip. So way back when go back to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. We kind of talked about it earlier. Get into creative financing now. Uh, there's this once in a lifetime opportunity where well, every day on the phone, they bought their house for, you know, I have a regular real estate business as well, not just seniors. They bought their house two years ago. Their interest rates were 3.7. They they can't sell their current house and they're looking for creative financing options. And what's cool about it, you don't have to buy the distressed property every time. You can actually buy really nice houses doing this way. And I think it's, um, if I could talk to my younger self, I would have gotten into the creative financing side 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you could do a subject too um with a low interest rate, that would be that'd be pretty killer. I do them every day. There you go. All right. Next question is about your business. The first three positions we hire for form the foundation of your business. So uh what were the first three positions you hired? And would you do it differently if you did it again today? The word integrator is only four percent of the population. I'm what's called a maverick or a visionary, and they're also rare. Um, so I don't need another visionary. And mm. so if you're a visionary, it might be fun to go think you need another visionary as your partner. You do not. Right. <laughs> Please don't do that. To, you can't do that. And so you want to find an integrator. Um, and then they also say, if you're starting a business, you are in sales until you hit 20 million in sales. You are the sales team. And so uh, I don't know if those were quite my numbers, how we got there, but I, you know, I am the product at this point. You know, I I do I am an active real estate investor. And so um get really good at sales and what your message is, understanding who your avatar is. So sales, integrator, visionary um would be the first three you need. 
Nice. I love it. That's interesting. You are in sales until you hit 20 million. That's, uh, that's what I've heard. I think that's, that's pretty accurate. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen it for myself. You know, I, I try to, there's the conflicting message where you get with, uh, like the, um, was that guy, the guy that wrote the book, uh, E-Myth Mastery, where he's talking about you want to work on your business, not uh, in or wait, is it in your business, not on or on or in whatever I, you, yeah. you get the idea. Um, but that's, it's also true that if you're just starting out, if you're building your business, then you are also the salesperson. That's a huge role that you have to take on. Um, so very interesting. All right. Next question is about the US. It's a big place, a lot of opportunity out there. Give me the single metro that you're most excited about investing in today. I mean, I'm, to be a homer, I live in St. Louis, so that's the one I, you know, when you build a nationwide company, the reason why I need people to be certified in my program nationwide is because I'll never know Albuquerque the way I know St. Louis. Yeah. And, and so if somebody calls me right now with 25 years experience, they say, Phil, it's in 63136 and it's on this street. I'm like, it's about $89,000 retail. <laughs> you know, like I, I know my streets in St. Louis right? and I can't, I don't have time in this life to do that in every city across the country. And so wherever your city is, wherever you live, wherever you invest, I should say, know your area. Don't let your seller know more than you do. Farm yeah. your area and know your area and, and whatever your area is, uh, be an expert at it. And for me, that's St. Louis. Yep. Makes sense. All right. This, this is a um, question specifically for you. It's about finding good deals. So what is your favorite way to generate leads? We just talked about it for 25 minutes, guys. It's mom's <laughs> house. Uh, there's 10 reasons. I think I went over six of them. We stopped it free. Uh, it's an F word. It's fulfilling to do what I do. I see the weight come off their shoulders. It's fulfilling. If you're not fulfilled in your business, I can show you a way that there is. Uh, the market size is gigantic. We talked about that seven out of 10 Americans over the age of 65. To be blunt, if you don't take this seriously, what I'm offering today, you will be buying houses from someone that did over the next 15 years. I'm bold to say that this is real estate. And then um, the reoccurring side of it. Uh, when you build a relationship, I always say 20 is plenty. And what the heck does that mean? I wanted to, I'll show you how to build relationships with 50, 60 people, 100 people. But then in the end, 20 people, if they know, like, and trust you, it's easy to be known. It's harder to be liked and we're shooting for trust, but I'll get you there very quickly. If you just have 20 people that know, like, and trust you, you can have a business where the leads chase you. Nice. I like that. All right. Next question is about mentors. Uh, none of us are islands. We all stand on the shoulders of giants. So who is one mentor who has contributed significantly to your career today? I would say a gentleman named Brian Schroeder. Uh, back in 2011, when we were talking about the stereotype of who our typical seller was, is where we kind of came up with that whole story about dad died eight years ago. Mom's been doing the best she can. Now she has to move because she's being told. And he said to me, uh, you should go do that. And I said, do what? He says, you should go to senior living communities and you should go network. You're perfect for that. And guys, I walked in and I did it wrong. I walked in with my big personality. I'm an investor and I buy houses from old people that are going into nursing homes. They're like, whoa, buddy, pump the brakes. <laughs> you said at least three things that are wrong, bad there. And so I had to learn how to talk the talk of senior living. And with my certification, what I do there is I'm showing you my 10 years, 10 years plus now of all my mistakes. So that way you can do it right the first time. And why is that important? Imagine messing up one relationship that could give you a deal every two months from now on. Yeah. What is that it's worth to you? Yep. Learn from those who've gone before. Um, sounds like you've definitely gone before and uh, you've got to make those mistakes uh, at the beginning. But if you can learn from somebody who's already made those mistakes and learn from them, that is uh, that's the key there. 
Um, that brings us to the very last question. This is a, for the listeners. You've given us a lot of good advice. I'm sure people want to learn more about your strategy, more about the certification program. Where can they find you and what do you guys offer? Sure. So uh, if you're interested in what we've talked about today, go to momshouse.com forward slash REI club. Momshouse.com forward slash REI club. I've got a certification. It's super, it's it, it's not a crazy price. You're not going to have to go get a mortgage for this. Go take a look at it. Uh, I offer you a certification to be part of our program. Remember how I talked about the industry trust me with their families? We can say the word leads on this podcast, but they're families, they're humans, they're people. And so why they trust me with this is because of how intense this training is. Uh, we have a couple hundred Google reviews. I think we're a 4.9. We're through the roof. This training is crazy valuable. And I want to share it with you guys. I need people all across the country. I have a leaky bucket. I have families coming in across the country and I don't have coverage for all of them. And so I want to find the right people that that would want to do what I do. And guys, I love what I do. If it doesn't come across in my passion, uh, this was it. This was like, you know, I've got something that's blue ocean. Um, I'm the only one that has this training or has this background. And it is real estate for the next 15 years. You said the word earlier, silver tsunami. It's so big, our own government doesn't know what to do about it. For the first time ever, there's more people over the age of 65 than less than 18. And that's not good. That is not a good thing. And so it's going to get worse. Uh, just because I've been doing it for 12 years, 2023 was the first year of the oldest boomers uh, starting to hit. And so that wave is going to be here for the next 15 years. Interesting. I did not know that. So there's repeat that statistic there's more people over 65 that are under 18 than there is under 18 huh that's so crazy. if you look at our gross domestic product it's almost a one-to-one -one ratio for so everyone over 65 they usually need one caretaker per person over 65 same way for under 18 um you know you're bringing children into the world right for every child yeah we need one person for each person under 18 whether that's teachers you know all these things so you yeah. take the under 18 plus the one so it almost doubles yeah Huh. So now you're almost left with out of the hundred percent of the people, only twenty percent. Me and you, brother, right in the middle. We're responsible for the entire gross domestic product of our country because everyone else is servicing the old or the young. Interesting. That's pretty crazy, huh? And scary. But that's the opportunity, guys. Here, I'll leave you with this: There's ten trillion dollars in real estate owned by boomers and their parents. Ten trillion. That's a lot of zeros. Big number. <laughs> they own it outright. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's what we're buying. We're tapping into that or buying that equity. All right, man. I love it. All right. So if you guys want to get involved, this does sound like something or if this sounds like something that you really want to get involved in, um, the URL is momshouse.com backslash REI club. I'm going to put that link in the show notes. All you got to do is just click a little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description in there is uh, is Philip's link. So Philip, that wraps it up. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. And for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe, at the real estate investing club.com. And if you guys want to support the show, all we ask is you give us a like, subscribe, share, all that jazz. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right. Before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. 
If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out, and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.